the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, it's your dude, IZ Robots, and we're... We're back for another exciting episode of the Stuck at Home Show, the show, the show where uh, we're all on quarantine, we're all hiding in the house, we're all scared, but we're gonna, we're gonna take those sad moods, we're gonna turn them into glad moods, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be great, we're all gonna have like a really, um, gonna have a great time, dude, I, I don't know what to say, besides it's gonna be fun, let's see what's, uh, what's cooking, man, I, hold on, I'm, uh, I'm turning away from the microphone as I, as I want to do, I received a package in the mail today. It's a full-size, like, mailer envelope with, I can see, like, I can see through the, uh, like, the light of the, um, the monitor that there's only, like, one little small thing in the corner. Let's, let's pop it open. That's how we like to start these shows sometimes. We like to pop things open, see what's going on in there, and check it out. I have found the Arthur Fonzarelli brand switchblade. Guess where, guess where it was? It was in the pin cup on my desk, which is like where I put it in, when I put it away. I, I guess it was where it was supposed to be all along, but um, I'm a dum-dum and I never, uh, I never looked there. I'm just, honestly, I'm just glad that it hasn't fallen into, um, into enemy hands, as it were. That would, that would be whack. That would be the wackest of all whack things to happen, dude. Who knows, man? With the power of the Arthur Fonzarelli switchblade, North Korea could take over the world. Any sort of, um, evil could happen. It's like, it's like Excalibur. Let's, uh, let's stick the blade into the soft fabric of this envelope and see what is inside. I think I have an idea, but I'm not, I'm not a thousand percent certain. The blade just slipped out of the packaging and flew toward my face. I almost killed myself. If this, if this blade comes in contact with your skin... You're done for. You're dead. You're deader than dead. You're, like, so dead that you can't even come back as a zombie, my dude. You're dead, dead, dead. Let's let's see. Is that all that's in here? There is one. There is one loosely wrapped action figure. I I don't want to, um, slag anybody, but, uh, this person here in La Vista, Nebraska. You did not do a very good job of wrapping this figure. There is... There is, like, some bubble wrap in there, but they should have, like, taken the bubble wrap, wrapped it around the figure, right, and then, like, put some tape on it so it doesn't come loose. And then you get the packaging. You get this big envelope that they have here. You put the figure inside of there, and then you fold it over, like, two or three times, right? So it becomes a lot, a lot thinner. It's a third of the size, but it also has, like, three times the uh, the packaging, um, the bubbles, rather, because you folded them all over, dude. You're intensifying the strength. I... I myself am a master of packing, and I, I try not to hold it against other people if they don't have the uh, they don't have the skills to pay the bills in that category. But uh, what I have, what I have, hey, at least it's not uh, some packing peanuts. Am I right? Um, shout out to my dude Preston. I I got uh, let's see, let's I got to backtrack. I'm losing my train of thought. Once once this train gets going, once this train gets moving, dude, you gotta you gotta make sure to keep it on track because if it falls off. It's hard to get back. Let's see. I got a 1986 Core by Lennard action figure. This this is a chap that goes by the name of Ben Golly. He's dope. He has like those uh those writer pants that um the Fox had. I think it was two episodes ago. They kind of poof out on the sides like you're like you're riding a horse or you're in like the French Foreign Legion. And then also, my dude is wearing a turban and he has like a cool like uh jungle explorer shirt. I mean desert. Like a desert troop shirt. It's it's a very, very nice figure. He has a beard. I I also have his rifle. 
around here somewhere. Let me see if it's where I think I put it. Because I tried to, uh, I tried to set it aside. I'm over here again, and I apologize. Let me, um, let me open up my core action figure case with her. Now, one, two, three, four, five, six. No, I didn't. I didn't put it in here. That would have been, that would have been a good place to uh, put it. I, I bought that big pack and it came with like all those guns the other day. One of the guns I recognized as Ben Golly's gun. I'm facing away again. I'm looking at my TV tray where I, where I sometimes mess around with action figure parts. Let me, uh, let me open up this. This is where I, I keep all my stuff. It's like a little uh, G.I. Joe Foot Locker. I. I probably put his gun in here. I don't want to... Should I just do it? Should I just spill this out on the air and take a look? Let's... Let's roll the action figure tray over here. You're getting to, um... You're getting to see this live in person. This is like a Coca-Cola... Like a TV tray like you would eat off of in the lunch, in the living room if you're going to do so back in the... Back in the 70s or 80s. But I keep it here in the office for when I'm, like, changing O-rings or something. I like it. I also have, like, my, uh... My VCR control on it. Is the fig is the gun in here? I I don't know where it went, man. I had it set aside special because I knew uh I knew it belonged to my homie Ben Golly. So so I don't know, man. You ever you ever do that? Like you set something aside special and then you just lose it because the special place is like the last place you would look? I wonder. I let me uh hold on. I'm taking my earphones off. I'm taking my cans off. I'm walking around the office because I kind of thought I put it over here with my G.I. Joe dudes. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. I, hmm. I don't know, man. I, uh, the main reason I bought Bengali is because I had his gun. I mean, aside from the fact that I do like the way he looks, uh... Let me just go through these one more time. Are you guys still there? Anyone still there? I feel like I'm talking to the phone. Like I'm yelling. Uh, I, um, hmm. This is turning into a failure on your homeboy's part. But check it out. My phone's ringing. The actual factual phone. It's, uh, hello? It's a recording from Anne at the warranty department letting me know that my vehicle is no longer under warranty. I don't think that it ever was. Uh, let's see. Is it in here? No. This stinks. I failed. This is, uh, this is an awful segment and I apologize. Let's move forward into something new I got cooked up. I am sorry. Dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. Let's see what's inside. Hey, it's me. I'm back. Uh, check it out. While I was um, preparing this segment, I found Bengali's gun. It was uh, it was on top of the uh, over there. It was over there. It was sitting in a place. It was like very obvious. I think that the pressure of doing this show, I couldn't find it. At any rate, I I've been doing some dumpster diving lately, dude. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I like to peek inside of a dumpster when I see one. I 
I of course don't go in for like food or whatever if I see if I see that kind of stuff. But um, I live near I live near a couple schools and I walk through both of them all the time. It's quarantine; no one's around anywhere. I walk I walk around over there and they're doing like locker cleanout or like classroom uh, cleanout right now. So there is like there was like boxes and boxes and boxes of just stuff inside the dumpster, like outside the dumpster. It's it's crazy, man. Like anything you'd ever want in 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 your life. I found a bunch of cool stuff over at the uh, middle school the other day. I brought that home. I think I talked about it on the on the last episode. But I I was over at the Christian school. That's the one that's up around the way around the corner where the wife and I go and we like we go flip that big tire that they have over there. We do some tire flips and we were we were doing our flips. This is like a big flipping tire, dude. This is like a tractor tire and you you like turn it over and you do you do a bunch of sets of fives. But um we we were over there doing that and I you know I'm a dude, I'm stronger, so I, I do more sets. Than she does. After she did her set, she was like poking around. This is, this tire is in like an industrial kind of like work area for the school. It's like, I can imagine that it's off limits, but we, we just like walk in there or whatever. So we're in there doing that. And I'm, um, I'm finishing up my flips and she's like poking around looking at stuff. And I see her, I see her with her head inside of the, uh, dumpster over there. I'm like, what's, what's in there? You know? So I, I holler out and she's like, come take a look. So I walked over there to see what she was up to. And inside of it was like, a few boxes of plants, like house plants. Like, I have no idea why you would throw something like this away, but it was like two or three different boxes of like succulents and like little baby cactuses and stuff. They must have, they must have been for some kind of a school project that they were going to do that because the year got canceled so abruptly, they weren't able to get to. I, I felt bad seeing these little babies inside of the, uh, side of the garbage. So we brought them home and then we found an additional box with like all these small little like pots, like uh, pots to put the succulents in. So we brought them home and the wife, the wife digs a succulent, dude. She's like crazy into being out in the garden, crazy into doing that stuff. So she was like, she was more than happy to take these and like put them in little pots and like add them to other pots she had with plants in them that's that's one way you make your backyard look cool you put like tons of little pots all over the place you find a pot at the flea market put a plant in it and it just like put them all over the place and over time they grow it really it really looks great we've been here for like 20 years and we have like 20 year old like plants out in the backyard it's like it's dynamite so finding these enabled her to like add them to pots she already had and she made some new pots and it was it was really cool man i'm happy that these didn't end up getting like killed in the garbage truck so i i feel okay about that i think it's really important to uh reuse as much stuff as you can man there's like so much stuff in the world and so much stuff being created that's like, it's all for waste, dude. It's all for waste because there's plenty of fun things out there that you can use again. If you're over, if you're over somewhere and you get the itch and look inside of a dumpster, just look, dude. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no, no stigma attached because you're doing what you can do to help save the earth. The ultimate recycling is not throwing something in the recycling bin. The ultimate recycling is taking something and finding some new way to use it instead of buying something else. That's just, that's just a message for me, your dude. We had a good time looking at garbage. Let's move into the pandemic pantry. The pandemic pantry with your host, the Sausagitarian. What's up, kids? It's your girl, Sausagitarian. Sarah Burr here in the pandemic pantry, baking up a loaf of banana bread. When it comes to banana bread, it's not about the recipe. It's about how you make it. And I have some tips That will take your banana bread game to the next level. I love me some banana bread. I bake it a lot. You can bake it all year long, but people have been making it more often now during these pandemic times. I think because there's something really comforting about it. And it's like the entry level baked 
good, right? It's kind of hard to mess up a loaf of banana bread, but I'm going to give you some tips to up your banana bread game so you can be making loaves of banana bread like what you get at the coffee shop. You see them in pastries cased. Looks irresistible, all right? So we're going to make banana bread like that. My first tip is to freeze your bananas. Some of us probably already do this because you're like, I don't have time to make banana bread. I got all these black bananas. You throw them in the freezer, and before you know it, you have like five dozen frozen bananas. So just pull out some of those frozen bananas. I like to use three bananas for one standard loaf. That's like a eight and a half by four and a half inch loaf pan of banana bread. All right. So you pull out your frozen bananas, and what's the advantage with this? When they thaw. They're really liquidy. They kind of come out in this like gross, squishy blob and they make better banana bread. They really, truly do. So freeze your bananas and then thaw them. The next thing you want to do is mix the bananas and the sugar together before you add them to the rest of the recipe. Why is that? It's because the sugar is like an abrasive and it breaks those bananas down and helps them liquefy so they don't get all weird and chunky. It almost makes them into a puree for you, right? And it's kind of fun. So Whisk those bananas together with the sugar before you add them to the rest of the recipe, and it'll help you make a nice batter that's not quite so stiff. Sometimes you get that like cement style batter, and it gives you really dense banana bread that doesn't bake up right. It's kind of gluey. You don't want that. So mix your sugars with the bananas. And the other thing you want to do is make certain your batter is not too floury, right? If it's really, really thick like cement, just add in a little bit of milk or water until your batter is a little bit looser, okay? Then you're going to pour it into your pan, and this is the other big, big tip. Do not underbake banana bread because you've probably had some come out of the oven, and it seems like it's top, it's done, but then you slice into it later, and it's all gushy in the middle. You don't want that, right? So bake that banana bread until when you press the top lightly with your fingertip, it bounces back, it kind of springs back a little bit. Bake it until it's done. You use your eyes and your ears and your nose. Don't go by what the recipe says because that's not written in stone, that's just a suggestion. Gotta use your good judgment to make certain that banana bread is done. Just check it every like five or 10 minutes until it is done. This is my last banana bread tip, and this one's the big game changer, okay? Once your banana bread is cool, freeze it. I know there's a lot of freezer going on with all this. Freeze that banana bread and then thaw it before you slice it up. It's the thing that really pushes it over the edge. That's my super duper insider pro tip. All right, kids, so you guys are going to go. You're going to make your banana bread. Tell me what you like to mix into it. Tell me what problems you have. Um, Tell me your successes. And just keep on making food, having a good time. And I will talk to you kids next week. Bye-bye. This is the IC Robot Stuck at Home Show. Yes, indeed, it is that. This is the Icy Robot Stuck at Home show. We're all still stuck in the house. A big shout out to the uh, Sausageitarian. You can find her. Find her on Instagram. Just look up Sausageitarian. Look up, uh, look up that on the on the interwebs, dude. It'll um point you to all kinds of fun stuff. She's she's the best, man. She really, really, really knows what she's talking about. If she gives you a tip, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that that tip is gonna work. The uh wife makes banana bread. All the time. Like, all the time. She makes banana bread. She makes, uh, zucchini bread. She makes, like, she makes, like, apple bread when we have, like, leftover mushy apples. So these, these tips that you have been given, I think, would, um easily convert into like other types of bread so if you're like if you're like a dessert bread maker type and i know that that's like something really going on right now this is like 
It's sweeping the nation, dude. Bread is like, bread is what makes society civilized. You know, having bread is what makes us what we are today. So when people, when people fall into a rut, when people get, get consumed with fear, you, uh, you go back to the, uh, the days of yore and you start, you start making bread. So this is, this is a real timely tip if you, uh, understand what I'm saying right now. So big, uh, big shout out to Sarah, man. She takes her, she takes her hard earned time and gives it to us. I'm like... I'm like feeling the, the like the quality of like uh, instruction we're getting here is worth like millions of dollars, millions of dollars per hour. So like, just uh, consider yourself lucky. Let's move into the next segment. Calgon, take me away. the other day after a long day of walking the earth and out there fighting the good fight and doing all that all that stuff that one has come to expect from a man of the caliber of icy robots i was i was soaking my soul deep into the briny depth a man a man is not truly a man until he submerges his soul in water and this this was a time for me to advance to the next level in the game i was i was soaking deep in the bubbles i was soaking deep in the uh epsom salts that's that's the word I was I was searching for there. I had I had a half a bag of Epsom's and I, I poured them in there. It was it was delightful. It was washing away the problems of the day. It was it was my time to think and I was I was laying there, you know, just kind of chilling like a villain and I started thinking about like other other weird things that I used to do as far as like playing with toys. I I talked about like bathtub toys. Last time we were around, I talked about, like, freezing toys and bringing them into the water, playing with various various boats and stuff. But I started thinking, like, what were some other other weird things that I used to do? I remember at one point I had, like, I had a Playmobil of a, um, a Union soldier, like, in his blue uniform with a hat. He had a rifle and he had a horse, but I only, I only had him, so I pretended that he was, like, he was, like, the last surviving member of his platoon they had been wiped out by the greys and i was i was like really into the civil war at the time i think that like i think that like most kids like dudes at least go through like a like a civil war phase at some point it's just like it's so interesting to think about like this uh period of time with the confederates and the and the and the greys and all this all this horrible stuff i i don't know but i i had him and i pretended they got wiped out by the confederacy everyone except for him him and his horse and he he was like hiding out i had this i had an area on the side of my house where there was like a hose nozzle right and i would I would run the nozzle and make the area like super muddy. I would like mud it up. And I built like, I built like a mud hut for my dude to live in. And he was like hiding out from the war in this mud hut. It didn't, it didn't really have like a roof of any like good quality, but it had like, it had fairly decent walls. It was like a square. I I suppose I could have found some cardboard or like something like that, but I, I wanted to like move around inside the house. So I never, I never really like found a roof. He would... He would like hang out in there and I would, I would like try to find weird things and put him in there as as like furniture. But like the whole basis of this, this game was that like the dude was hiding out from the war. Like he didn't want to be in the war any longer. He didn't know, he didn't want to do any fighting. He didn't want to shoot his fellow Americans. He wanted nothing to do with this. He was hoping that like the Confederates wouldn't find him. He was hoping that like the Union wouldn't find him. He just... He just wanted peace. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to farm. He wanted to do all kinds of stuff. I did, I did build like a small farm for him at one point. I remember doing that. I like, I used like a popsicle stick and I laid rows in the dirt 
near his mud house and I pretended that he was like growing corn. I, I don't know what this was about. I guess I thought that like the war was scary. You know, and that I, I knew that, like, I would not want to participate in a war in any way. That I was, that I was cowardly in that sense. But I, I knew it wasn't meant for me. And I think that, like, my action figures to some degree knew this. Now, this, this all went away years later when I had, like, G.I. Joe's. And they were, like, fighting Cobra to the death. Like, in, in, in all over the place. They were just, like, blapping at each other, shooting at each other. I, I was, like, more of a peaceful youth, I think. This was, this was, as I recall... Like fourth grade. This was like soon after we moved from um, Oaklawn, Illinois to California. And I like, I wasn't like overloaded with friends. So I had time to spend like making mud houses on the side of the earth. I had time to like read weird books about the Civil War and stuff. I don't know, man. It's a weird, weird time in life where you do weird stuff. When I, when I look back and I think about it, a big, um, a big part of the appeal was like the side of the house that I was hanging out on was, it wasn't like a well-traveled area. Of our house. I think I've talked about it before. There was like a, um, like a small, I, I, what would you call it? Like a bamboo grove. They, the people who'd lived there before us, like, they covered the entire area with like bamboo. Once you start planting bamboo, it grows like very, very, very quickly. And there was like, there was like this whole side of the house was just covered with it. You could, you could like walk through it. If you were small, if you were like a kid like me, you could like go through it. And it was, it was like... I would say, like, a secret place to a degree because none of the adults that I, that live there, you know, my mom, my dad, I, we, my grandparents were living with us at the time. No one ever, like, no one ever went over there. My little brother was still small. So it was just, like, it was, like, my secret hideaway. And I would go in there and, like, I would go in there, like, play with my toys. And one of the cool things was, like, there was a water faucet. So this was, like, my own little tap. And I would, like, I would, like, mud this whole area up. And there were no, like, there were no, like, adults to tell me not to. And this is what like made it really great. I had like a secret little, a secret little hideaway with like a drippy tap. When you're a kid, you're like, you're very easily amused. I'm picturing this area now in my head as we talk. And the, the way the bamboo was laid out was it wasn't like, it wasn't planted in like even rows. It kind of, it just like, it just kind of came in, in like a wild fashion. So there would be like inside of the area there would be like smaller open areas where none of the the bamboo um grew so i would go through there and it seemed like there were there were different rooms like there was like the one opening and i would go inside and then there would be like a room and then i would have to like navigate through the bamboo and then there would be like another like a like an opening like a uh, i can't i can't think of the um of the word but like there'd be like a you know just like an open area and then i'd traverse my way through again into another area where there was like there was like my secret uh water tap this this was like something i did for like a long time i i would leave my dude out there with this house and we would hide from the confederacy over in the uh over in the bamboo grove i don't know man i was a i was a weird kid these are the weird kind of things you think about when you're soaking in the suds We're chilling in the shade because it's hot in the summer. We're number one and you are just another. Anything that's ever challenged his force. He's the king of all rumbles. The leader of all gangs. All fighters fear the sound of his name. He's 65 inches of killer instinct. 320 pounds of death in his fist. He's... I see all right we are back it is me icy robots i i i'm gonna i'm gonna tell an uncomfortable story right now and this is a story there's violence 
involved. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit weird for me to even, even be like relaying this. So it's like, if you want to bail out, this is going to be the end of the show and I, I, you can just, you can just head for the hills now and just, uh, leave with your sanity intact. But I'm, I'm going to begin the, uh, uncomfortable tale in a sec. All right. This is, this is a tale of high school. It is a tale of, uh, sophomore year of high school. Right, I'm I'm walking home. I'm walking home from the school center as a high school. I'm going down Mendocino Avenue. I was going to my grandmother's house. I would sometimes go there after after school and like visit with her for a while before um before before heading back to Rinkin Valley. I was walking with this guy, this guy named Akalilu, who was uh, of Eritrean descent. For some reason, for some reason, Santa Rosa has like a pretty uh big Eritrean populace. I don't know why, but uh you know it's all good, man. This guy. This guy was all cool. I, he and I got along um, really well. But we're uh, but we're walking to the comic shop, and a car goes past. Right, a car goes past, and I can see I can see it was this kid Matt and this other kid named Joe. These were kids I knew. These were kids I knew from school. I considered I considered them like pals, like friends. They were like in like the outskirts of the friend group. They weren't like personal friends of mine. They were just like they were friendly guys. And, I, and I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I feel like there's like this explosion. On my face, like my my glasses got disintegrated, my face got mushed. I could feel that there was blood from where my glasses got disintegrated. I fell to the ground, like I fell down, like like this was like the Zapruder film, right? I went down. I had no idea what happened. I was just like completely caught off guard. I'm laying there on the ground, and, and my dude AK is like, they threw an orange at you. They threw an orange at you from the car. And I was like, what? What? I probably had, like, a minor concussion because I was really, really dazed. And I was, like, laying there on the ground going, like, what happened? And he helped me up and he showed me the orange, right? And he's like, those two dudes, they threw an orange. They threw an orange out of the car. It hit you in the face. Are you okay? And I was, like, no selling it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. My glasses were destroyed. Uh, I had, like, metal frames at the time. And they, they were just like, they were like completely disintegrated. I'm just like trying to play off like I wasn't bothered. But there was like, there was like blood coming off my face from where like the glasses got mushed into my face. It was, it was whack. And then the car drove by again and AK's like, oh, there they are. There they are. And I looked and it was that guy, Matt, and that guy, Joe. And I thought that they were going to be like, I thought they were going to be like, oh my gosh, what happened or whatever. Like, but they, uh, they kind of slowed down. And the dude, Joe, like, laughed at me out of the window. He's like, ha, 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 ha. And I, I was still dazed. I was, like, totally dazed. And, like, my homeboy, AK, like, helped me get, you know, to my grandma's house. Because I was out of it, dude. I probably did have a concussion, right? But um, the whole way we're going home, AK, AK came from, like, a war-torn country. And his, his ideas were different than I, I, I probably would have thought. But he was like, you got to get revenge. You got to get revenge. You cannot let somebody do that to you. You got to get them. I will help you. I'll get your back. And I'm just like, it's cool, man. It's cool. And I, I, I eventually like made it home. And I had to tell my parents that I needed new glasses, right? This was, this was like a pretty big expense. And my parents were really, really, really mad. I got chewed out. I got lectured. I have no idea why you would chew me out when I got assaulted by an orange, but I got chewed out like crazy. I'm sure they were just frustrated that they had to buy me, um, they had to buy me new specs, but, uh, I, I got chewed out. I got new glasses, but they weren't going to be there for a week. So for like a week, I was going to have to go to school with like these glasses that were like taped in the middle and taped on the side. And it was, it was awful. And I, I was just getting madder 
and matter and matter as the day went by. In in junior high, I I did get picked on like a lot because I'm a weird dude. I was an even weirder dude back then, and people would just like people would torment me about this and that. But when I when I switched over to high school, that just kind of changed everything. It was a whole new place, all new people, and in like the bigger scheme of things, it didn't seem weird. I made friends. Things were things were going good for me, and I wasn't like I did not want them to go back to the way they were. So I was just like, I gotta get this guy. I gotta get this dude, and I gotta handle it. So the next day, I I was like walking around, and I'm like, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go up to homeboy, and I'm gonna offer him a chance to apologize. And if he doesn't apologize. I'm going to punch him in the face. I had, like, minimal experience of, like, fighting. I'd, like, fought with my friends. This was before, like, the backyard boxing or any of that stuff. I'd, I'd like, messed around a bit, watched wrestling. I was interested in, like, karate and all that stuff. But, like, my actual factual fighting experience was very limited. But I'm like, I'm going to punch this guy right in his face if he doesn't say he was sorry. So, like, I'm walking by and I see him. And I go right up to him and I go, hey, you better say you're sorry. You broke my glasses. You hit me with an orange. Say you're sorry right now. And he looked right in my face and he went, ha, 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 F you. And he looked at me like, what are you going to do about it? So I, I punched him. I punched him right in the face with like, with like the weakest jab I've ever thrown in my life. Like I hit him. It sort of bounced off his face. Nothing happened. And he had like, he had like this super smug look on his face. Like, what are you trying to do? So I, I grabbed him in a headlock and we kind of wrestled around a little bit. I punched him a few more times. Like, I punched him a couple times. And, like, he had braces and the headlock sort of, like, it aggravated the rubbing on his lips. And there was blood. It was it was kind of a bad scene. From all appearances, it would have looked like I beat him up pretty good. I don't think I beat him up that bad. I gave him, like, a few a few wimpy punches. More, like, more likely the headlock and, like, the squeezing did more damage than anything, but there was like blood and it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, like a, a fairly bad scene at the time. We both, we both got sent to the, the principal's office and I had to sit there next to him and like his shirt was torn, somehow got torn during the thing and he had like an ice pack on his face. Like I could see like there was like bruising and like it was kind of starting to swell a little bit and there was, there was blood all over the place. His face got chewed up. From the, from the headlock. And I, I don't know. I had like a certain amount of pride in this. Like I felt like I fully, like I fully stood up for myself in a, in a situation. I, I ended up getting suspended for one day. He got suspended for a week because he threw the orange at me from the car and the principal gave me credit for like offering him the chance to, uh, to apologize like a man. It was, it wasn't that bad. This took place on, on a, on a Thursday. So I was suspended for Friday I went home that day and then I got suspended for one whole day. So I got like a super long weekend. My parents worked. I just, I just like, I just hung around the house, kind of basked in the glory of beating somebody up. I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Honestly, I did. I did feel kind of good about it, but I, I got back to school and then this one teacher, this guy, Mr. Peters, he was the electronics teacher. I had electronics. He was, he was kind of a sleazeball, to be honest. Dude would come in hungover all the time. And he would sleep on his desk at the time, dude. We thought he was pretty cool. Like he was like sleeping all the time. He guaranteed you a grade, like a passing grade. If you just, if you just showed up every day and didn't, didn't give him any trouble, didn't complain about his sleeping. He was just like, he would come in just like looking drunk, looking sleazy, talking about like sleazy girls he picked up at the bar. We thought he was dope, but he's kind of, kind of a creep. But he, he started telling everybody how he saw the fight. Like he, I guess he was one of the teachers who, who was there and broke it up. He's like, I saw the fight, man. I see robots beat the heck out of this kid. I saw it right there. He beat him up. There was blood, blah, 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 blah. And I, 
I felt weird about that. I, I did. Like, I felt kind of kind of good in one way that I was like, this is going to make people leave me alone. But I didn't. I don't know. Just the whole thing felt weird. It felt dirty. And later in the day, like, this is after, like, this kid's suspension would have been over. And I, I, I had a class with him. And I, I started noticing, like, he didn't come back to school after the suspension. And then he didn't come back again and again and again. And, like, the dude never, ever, ever came back to school. Like, ever. Like, nobody ever saw him again. And, like, over the years, I felt really weird about this. Because, like, you know, I had my issues with bullies. And it made it hard to go to school at times in, like, in like 7th and 8th grade. Right? But I, I managed to do it. So I... I started thinking, like, this guy must just, like, he must be ruined. He must be emotionally ruined to never come back to school. I mean, I seriously, I never saw this kid again. I never saw him again. But I I knew that he was registered because they would call him for a role in the classes I had with him. And it became, like, this this long-running joke of how how dude was never there, right? Um, I, I just felt weird about it. And I felt weird about it for, like, all these years. Like, all these years since, since high school, I felt weird about it. And then the other day, I was on Facebook, and in the recommended friend category was this guy. It was this guy, Matt. I saw him. I saw his face. I saw this smug face that I had many years ago punched. And, like, we had no mutual friends of any sort on Facebook, so I don't, I don't even know why he why he came up. But I, I saw him, and it, like, it brought back all these memories and all these bad feelings. And I'm not, I'm not gonna, like, reach out to him. I'm not going to reach out and, and see how he's doing or anything because I don't like I don't want to stir up any bad memories in him either. I'm sure he's not I'm sure he's not proud or happy about any of it, but I I don't know. I just like on the inside I feel really gross. I feel really dirty. I feel really bad for just being involved in, in any of this. And it, it it's compounded by the fact that like I do kind of think that in my heart he deserved to get beat up. I do. He, like he hit me with an orange from a car. If you did that as an adult, if as an adult you drove by and threw an orange and hit somebody in the face and knocked them to the ground like that, you would go to jail. You would go to jail if a cop saw you. I'm sure that I'm sure of that as sure as I'm sure of anything. So I I don't think that it was unwarranted to wail on him. But the fact that like. The fact that he never came to school again, the fact that, like, I never saw him again, I was never able to make amends, because I do feel like eventually we would have made amends to, to some degree, because we were in the same friend group, and people, people can fight. Like, people can fight, and they can make amends, easily, very easily, because, like, once I wailed on him, I'm just like, well, it's over, it's over, you know, it's just like, I can move on from this, but just, like, the fact that he never, not never, never came back was weird, and then when I saw his face, I saw his face there on Facebook, and it's just... It was super weird, man. I don't know. I feel like I just, I had to get this uh, off my chest. And I apologize. I apologize for anybody who had to sit through this. And you know what else I apologize about? Earlier in the show, you can like really hear the fan on my computer crank it. And I apologize for whatever reason. Like, I got this Windows update the other day. And I hate Windows updates. Everything is fine as far as I'm concerned. I hate it when they come in and they, they do things. Like, ever since I got this Windows update... My fan has been going crazy. I, I was able to like, I was able to go through and make some adjustments to like startup programs and things like that. And it's, it's all normal now, but the fan was like, just, it was really cooking. And like the fact that I'm doing these shows so quickly, like I got to get one out like every couple days. I don't got time to like mess around with things. If the situations are bad, I still got to record. If things are out of my control, I still got to record because I'll get behind and then the shows won't come out. So I apologize that you had to hear the fan. I, I get bothered when I'm listening to people's pods and I can hear their computers. I don't know, but I I don't know how you feel about it. But um, at any rate, uh, here's some show news. We're not going to be back on Monday. 
because uh, Father's Day. We're going to be doing fun Father's Day things over the weekend. So I'm going to take the the time off and not not produce a show. But we'll definitely be back with our, our midweek show. So you have that to look forward to. It's going to be great. For everybody out there who's a father, I hope that you have a great Father's Day. I'm, I'm sad that we can't like, go do fun stuff. But it's... It's all good, man. It's all about family. It's all about all that stuff. So I, I hope you're having a good time. Big shout out to Esquilito. First time, uh, dad. Hope that he has a good Father's Day. Hope that you're all doing well. Uh, still, you know, we were 1,000% behind the people out there fighting in the streets. We're uh, against police brutality, all that good stuff. Don't think any of that has ever gone away, my dudes. It's still there. It's out there. Uh, protect yourself. And I guess until we uh, meet again, do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again, rains are back, stuff's stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.